What's up, guys? It's Rip City Rundown. Welcome back to the weekly podcast that is airing every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. We're going to just be wrapping up and recapping the entire first week of the Blazers season. The Blazers end week one, 4-1, and one, started 4-0, ended on a sour note where we are recording right after the loss of the Miami Heat. Dame goes down with a calf strain. We'll get into that. We want to still keep this podcast upbeat because... Ask us last podcast, we would not expect to be four and one if we're being honest. So we're still happy. We're extremely excited about this season. Got to hope Dame is not out too long. But overall, this has been a really, really good week for the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, it's been honestly really exciting to start the year. Let, let's just honestly, let's just talk about the heat game. Let's get the negative yeah, stuff it, out it's, of the It's hard to get excited right now. It's hard to get excited because we literally just got blown out by 21, 119 98. Let's just talk about the Heat game real quick, and then we'll we'll move on to better things. So, the issue tonight was let's let's face it, it was turnovers. This team is turning the ball over at a high clip, and it's really harming them in games tonight. Heat led after three by fourteen, and they had ten points off Blazer turnovers in that third quarter. Um, and I understand that sometimes it can be because you know we have a new team, you know we're gelling. You know, it's going to take some time to build chemistry, but a few of those passes are just like, dude, it doesn't matter who was on the receiving end of that pass. It wasn't getting there because it was such a bad pass. So the Blazers have to take care of the rock. Um, Dame goes down. I, I don't want to speak on that too soon. Obviously, it's a calf strain. We don't know how long those take. The Blazers have a little soft spot in the schedule in terms of like rest and stuff. Like they're going to get a lot of rest. So this could be a blessing in disguise. But yeah, uh, those are my negative West thoughts here to open the podcast. Yeah, I got I mean, it. I I'll just mention something about the Dame injury real quick. Calf mm-hmm. injuries, like calf strains in general, are impossible to predict. Um, he could miss one game and be back for this Grizzlies game, which is a week from now. So, like you said, have a lot of rest time after this next Friday game. But it just depends on the players. It could take two weeks, and it's it's. I would have much rather have been a rolled ankle because you know you will have to ice it elevate it and you could be back pretty pretty quickly but a calf strain it's it's different when it comes to every player so like you said we're not going to speculate on that but the vibe changed in that whole game once Dane went out so I wasn't surprised that the Blazers ended up getting blown out in the end if we're being honest yeah um I feel like turnovers have been the biggest problem this year so far obviously not a lot of problems in general because we are four and one but you know I think to remember this heat team is really good I mean in 2020 they were in the freaking NBA finals and then they were in the they were one win away from making it to the finals and playing the Warriors last year probably would have actually if Bam didn't get hurt and you're expecting this you know brand new team you know fifth game into you know and they held us under 100 points and it, it just shows with experience but nothing yeah. to dwell on too much the Heat are a really good solid NBA team and we're four and one so yeah I'm so happy right now it's yeah. fun I mean like you said Cole to open the podcast. You, I mean, I think most Blazer fans would sign up for four and one through five games. I mean, <laughs> sign up, come sign on, sign up. I mean, I am, I'm signing right up. Mike sign it. Your Mike signing up by acting up right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's we've <laughs> never been four and zero since I think you posted on Instagram since the 1999 season. Yeah, 
I think which we went to the finals or Western Conference finals. Wait, that Before was our I think, time. Did we not lose it? Was that the Kobe Shaq year? That was Lakers. Yeah, tough. Um, what was I going to say? Yes. So, of course, we sign up for four and one. Obviously, the optics look kind of rough right now because you know you just come off a twenty-one point loss and your star player is, you know, hobbled. Um, but let's get into better things. The Blazers absolutely wiped the Nuggets in the second half, beat them 135-110. And for everyone who was saying, oh, the Blazers didn't have, you know, a really signature win because, you know, the Suns are dysfunctional. Suns are good this year, by the way. Yeah, they are. They just crush the Warriors. You're you're right, but the Denver win really solidified that, you know, this team might have a little something going. So, uh, yeah, great, great win, obviously. Anthony Simons uh, and Ferno, as we like to call him over here. Yes. Yeah, after this past game against the Heat, again, I'm about to go on a negative route, which I'm mad I am, but someone put on Twitter, Anthony Simons has only had one good quarter. And, it, and like, it's made that's, me think. That's, that's such a lie. But he hasn't shot the ball over, I don't think he shot the ball over 50% in any quarter of, other than that one. Shooting the ball, he's definitely struggled other than that one. So yeah, that's, that's a horrible take by whoever, whoever tweet that is, just by I the way. Mean, it just shows how hot you. No, can no, be. no. I'm fourth quarter against the Suns. I, no, I know he's had, he had his third, no, no. He had his moment. I'm just saying that's so unfair that you're like, oh, he's had one good quarter. Okay, so he had one quarter where he had 20 plus points. It's like, bro. No, but I but I did go back and look. He's only had one quarter where he shot over 50, percent which has been concerning because cares, you would have thought he would have gotten back to his hot shooting form against the Heat and. He went well, the heat. five for 12, so and he ended up obviously getting a lot more of the attention Attention once Dane went out, so his shooting numbers did dip a little bit. I don't know, I didn't say I agreed with it, but I just wanted yeah, to, yeah, I'm just out. saying, like, uh, let me just say this Blazer, okay, honestly, all, all, all Twitter pretty much. So it just is it's an overreaction, just cesspool. It's like, dude, cal- everyone just needs to calm down. It's like when. It, there's plenty of times when I'm like thinking of something, but like 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 during the game, I just wanted to say Nurk stinks. But I'm like, you know, I'm gonna reassess. I'm gonna think about my my claim here. I was like, does Nurk really stink? Okay, sure, you know, his finishing the par. But I mean, he has 13 and 12, and he holds Jokic to four points. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. Nurk's a good center. You know, you can't just like Anthony Simons misses a three. This dude stinks. He doesn't have a good quarter. It's like, calm yeah. there. Just people need to calm down. Yeah, to so. get into. Some more positives. I just want, I mean, the Kings game was fun, but let's be honest. The Suns game, Lakers game, and Nuggets were all better. Just for a little fun, just rank the three in order on your favorite Ooh. win. Best of worst, because that's really hard, because I could go I, I could go either way with this one. But first. actually, I'll go first, actually. I'll okay. go first. So I'm going to say. <laughs> go, ahead and go, go, go ahead and answer I'm gonna your say, question. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say Lakers number one. Okay, Lakers okay. number one. Why? Dame's step back was so hype. Vintage. And then when we yeah and we came back like kind of big time in a short period of time i'm gonna put suns at number two classic ot simon's game winner and then i'm gonna put nuggets at number three because it was fun but it was a blowout personally i'm taking the suns game first because like yes the end of the lakers game was so fun but that was just such a sloppy game from both sides for a majority of it that the ending, I, I think the Suns game was high quality basketball the whole time. First home game too, and that was obviously the first like big test for Portland. So 
I mean, obviously the Lakers clearly don't seem to be a test at this point, but I thought the Suns, yeah, Nuggets last because just it was a blowout. So, yeah, uh, that's really hard. I got, I, it sucks it's a blowout and we arguably the best individual performance of the (laughs) whole NBA so far in one quarter. But yeah, Nuggets get cut. Uh, I'll start Suns too because that game was had everything like we forced it to OT. We were down for most of the game. And then you have Simon hitting the floater. You have Dame chirping eight and at the free throw line. You have the Blazers botching the offensive rebound and Jock Lando actually putting up a brick. (laughs) So the the Blazers prevail. But yeah, that's a good little exercise there. Um, Takeaways from the Nuggets game other than Simon's? Um, I would say I'm trying to not get my games mixed up here. Um, I mean, I can just give give you all just a really quick recap in the box where obviously Dame had 31 he was high score um Josh Hart had six and 11 Nurk had 13 and 12 yes. honestly let's talk about Nurk let's that's what I was gonna Nurk. say I was gonna say you mentioned it earlier but the defense on Jokic was amazing not mm-hmm. just Nurk Eubanks had some second quarter minutes on Jokic as well and the fact to hold him under 10 points and to keep him at only four shots four shots uh, that's MVP four shots I mean Nurk definitely missed his bunnies that game, but he definitely, definitely made up for it on the defensive side of the ball and with his playmaking that game too, six assists. So, yeah, I would say Nurk and the bigs as a whole had a really, really good showing that night. Yeah, I agree. Um, Looking at the Denver side, obviously Aaron Gordon, 26. Aaron Gordon's such a weird player to me. Um, <laughs> the quietest 26 I've ever seen. I feel like he, he's just like the perfect – He just, I feel like all his buckets are just like junk buckets. I guess he just cleans up around the rim. This man has no bag in the mid-range, obviously. And this dude is like, you know, he's a spot-up shooter. Obviously, against us in the playoffs, he couldn't miss. <laughs> and every game, every time else, he can't hit. So, yeah, 12 for 16 from the field. Good showing from him. Are y'all taking – I think I asked you this, but you guys taking Aaron Gordon or Jeremy Grant? Oh, I'm, I'm taking, taking Jeremy Grant. Which I mean, is really – like, now that I'm saying I'm taking Jeremy Grant – I'm not being biased in that. Like Jeremy, I think actually is the more complete player, but they really ran out Jeremy Grant of Denver to get Aaron Gordon in a way. So interesting. I mean, I don't think Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant's obviously a lot better than what he was when he was in Denver, but yeah, that, that's it. I think they would probably rather have Jeremy at this point. Jeremy Grant is just so much, just bigger bag on offense. And that's Aaron right. Gordon's kind of, I don't want to be mean, but he's kind of gross to watch, in my opinion, especially on the offensive end. I don't know. Gross. I mean, I was watching that Warriors series getting kind of mad about anyway. But, yeah, I'm taking Jeremy Grant kind of by a mile, actually. So Interesting. Um, You know, that's just food for thought. I think it is kind of interesting how Denver trade – or I don't know. Did they trade Grant? Did they let him walk? I don't remember. But They let Grant walk. Yeah, because Detroit gave him – Yeah, because they got his bag from – Detroit, right? Detroit. And then you you go, you know, you trade Gary Harris and obviously some draft capital for Aaron Gordon, his replacement, and then Jeremy Grant kind of blossomed into an equal, if not better, player. Very interesting. Uh, let's shout out Shane Sharp for the Denver game. He had eleven points. He also had... tonight, fifteen points against the Heat. Career high eight rebounds as well. So yeah, yeah, you know, let's just talk about Shane as a whole. Yeah, Shaden to me, um. Athleticism shows for first of all, like this dude can jump, this dude can run, this dude also on deep. Like he has the tools to be a good defender. Um, obviously he's a rookie. You know, r- rookies make mistakes. You know, he had some 
you know, obviously like right now on the offensive end, he's taken some shots that I don't necessarily agree with, but you know, you, you gotta get your shots up. So, you know, I, I, I appreciate his confidence. I appreciate his willingness to go out there and just, just play it, just play the game, honestly. Cause you know, I feel like a lot of rookies sometimes they're like, I don't want to mess up, but I think he's just playing and it's showing, you know, 15 tonight, 11 against Denver, you know, he's playing meaningful minutes. Yeah. I love what I've seen so far from Shane Sharp. I feel like he's on a, <clears throat> an upward trajectory. Um, I feel like he started off slow in the preseason, missed some shots, but I feel like he's getting comfortable shooting the ball and that's when support what's important. And um, someone said this to me, they see a lot of Ja Morant type of vibes in Shaden Sharp. Do you guys see that at all? Because they're not necessarily the same build. They're both freakishly athletic. Obviously, yeah, Ja has fair. more of a bag, but you, you don't think that's a good comparison? Because I, I Shaden at this point, like Ja's becoming a little bit of a better shooter, but Shaden is much more of like a shooter than also a, like just driver. I mean, if you're speaking from an athletic standpoint and like how sh- – I don't think Shaden's going to be that guy that's going to literally take the ball and attack you downhill, like and go to the rim over and over again and beat you like off the dribble. I, I don't know. I see more, I see more like a Bradley Beal type Shane's game, but much more athletic. Like Shane's going to live on the perimeter more. Mm-hmm. Um, his shots way better than Jaws. I mean, Jaws just a freak. So I mean, this is nothing against Jaw. Jaw is insane, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's an interesting comparison I, I understand but i wouldn't necessarily it's not a great comparison i really have no comparison for him right now i mean it's still just four games into his career so i yeah. think the best part about it is the fact that he is getting meaningful minutes he was the first guy off the bench in the nuggets game which was very interesting to see that was obviously no winslow that game who was typically your sixth man but Chauncey showed a lot of a lot of trust in him. He's played 15 minutes a game this year. He typically plays a good portion of the second quarter and then a, like a good portion of late third quarter. So he's a stalwart in that bench unit. He's not really played much with the starters a ton, but at the same time, it's his fourth NBA game. And the fact that he's getting this many minutes is promising for sure. Let's. I want to talk about Chauncey Billups because you mentioned him a little bit. Um and I, this is kind of going off like the sharp doesn't play much with the starters. And, you know, Chauncey's rotations and lineup like combinations have been very fluid. You know, mm-hmm. they're not, I think, in the Terry Stotts era, it was a lot like, all right, Dame's going to play until two minutes left in the first. He's going to sit until nine minutes left in the second and fourth. And he, we're going to ride the starters 39 minutes a night. Um, now I still I see Chauncey trusting young guys. Also, this is due to line a roster construction i want to say like we actually have like options and like we have guys who can play multiple spots so you know give credit to to crone in there but what are your thoughts on chauncey and just the way he's managed the roster in minutes yeah i love it i mean i think when you have a lot of versatile guys like almost redundant players like josh hart and jeremy grant you know all these guys and we're gonna we don't have gary payton yet guys Facts. we'll talk about him huge thing we'll talk about him but also just like the energy i've seen so far and you could argue he's made some, I guess, game-winning decisions like, you know, what to sit out Nurk that very first game mm-hmm. at the very end, you know, to not put him in even though the Kings had Sabonis and what happened? We end up winning the game and then he put him in at the end at, uh, at the end of the Lakers game. And I, don't know, I feel like he's just made all the right decisions so far. 
and yeah, great energy source. And I, I love what I've seen. I love what I see so far now that he actually has a team that he can, you know, do something with unlike last season. I think that his decision making, like when it comes to what type of defense to play, we've seen us mix between a zone and a man, the obvious man to man, but we've had a lot of matchup zone. I think that's messed up some opposing offenses a lot. We are one of the best teams coming out of timeouts. That's purely based on coaching and drawing up plays. And then, yeah, like you said, rotations, I think have been really good. I like how in the first quarter, we typically see Simons come out. The Simons is the first one to come out. He comes back in. When Dame goes to the bench, we always like to have one of those two guys on the floor at all times, if possible. So if I had to give a grade to Chauncey, I mean, I would give him an, an A plus at this point. Like no one would have expected us to be four and zero. I think even tonight, four and one, four or yeah, four and one. <laughs> um, I think even tonight, like he pulled the plug at the right time. There's no reason to. We saw the energy was completely shifted once Dame went down no reason to leave guys out there when we're down 30 so mm-hmm. I think that I mean even everyone says that Chauncey if they had to give out coach of the year right now I'd go to Chauncey because no one expected this so I've loved what Chauncey's done so far yeah, yeah. and you want to go ahead Cody you got something I just want to say this might be credit to Chauncey and just and Joe Corona our whole organization our whole team just the amount of like you know 2017 2018 2016 the blazers would win a game if dame scored over 30 that was it that was it every time but i feel like now we actually have different options and ways we can win basketball games which is really fun so like the the nuggets game like jeremy grant simons dame all scored over 20 points that would never have happened from our roster five years ago again credit to joe cronin for this but you know it's true kings again three of our starters scored over 20 points Lakers, it was Dame's turn to pop off and drop 40. Suns, it was also Dame's turn to drop off and pop off and drop 40 mm-hmm. points. So I just love how how many different ways we have of winning. And tonight, nothing went our way. No one stepped up. That's fine. It's going to happen. But yeah. um, it's just really promising to win a basketball game when Dame's not dropping 30. It, it really yeah. is. Yeah. I want to I want, quickly, I'm going to hop off real quick because I'm a Dame is talking about his calf injury. It's a one minute video. And uh, you guys continue. Okay. Yeah, that, that is vital information. But uh, I do agree with you, Cody, as we have a – let's have a little Joe Cronin discussion while Cole's away. I – you know, obviously we're walking this fine line between retooling the roster but keeping Dame happy and, like, trying to compete. And I think he's done a really good job so far. I think, you know, these players like Josh Hart, Justice Winslow, just, like, high-motor guys that – you might look at them like, oh, they're not the most talented guy. They're not going to put the ball in the basket at an insane rate. But they just have a knack for impacting the game in positive ways. Josh Hart, 16 rebounds against the Lakers. 16. 16. Pretty sure those had to be the high rebounder. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis led them with 10. Nurk had 13. We we rebounded. We're rebounding well. That's another reason why we lost tonight, because we couldn't get a freaking rebound. Mm-hmm. But yes, I want to shout out Joe Cronin for the roster construction. I want to also shout out Chauncey for coaching. Well, I'll, honestly, do you think – I don't know if there's anything to this, but I want to get your opinion on this. Chauncey being an ex-player, you know, do you think like – do you think players in the league like respect that more than maybe someone who hasn't played like Terry Stotts? Like I feel like Chauncey connects with them more because he played in the Terry NBA. Stotts played in the league, right? Did he? Yeah. 
Okay. Right? I you you might be, you, yes. you actually he might did. be right. But he did. He did. Okay. Anyway, but okay. um but like yeah, obviously I, like Ch- Chauncey's a bit more a one well known player. Like he's in the top seventy five, right? Yeah, he's like a player's coach. Terry, I don't know. Man, I'm tripping, bro. Terry Stotts did play in the league. Yeah, that's funny that you say that. But um yeah, there's a lot of coaches in the NBA that are non players. And I think being a foreign player, you get more respect out of it just because you know that was Wait, your whole that was your whole life. He didn't play in the NBA. Terry Stotts? No. Just because he's six seven doesn't mean he's an NBA player. No, 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 no. He 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 got he got drafted, but he could not find a place on the team. He got drafted by the Rockets in the nineteen eighty NBA draft, but he cannot find a place on the team. He began his professional career in Italy before joining George Carl's Carl's Continental Basketball Association CBA team, the Montana Golden Nuggets. Shout out Montana. Full circle here. Anyway. Montana flag in the background. Okay, the, I'm giving the Dame update. No, no. Okay. Yeah. And then I want to okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. So Dame said that it was just tight. Like he said it was a little irritated coming into the game. And he said that throughout the game it was just kind of felt a little tight, but it was fine to play through. And then he said, just on that one step back, it just tightened up a lot. And he was just like, there's no point in pushing through anymore. And he was like, if this was a playoff game, he would have kept playing. And he was able to do all the rehab at, in the back. And he'll probably just miss Friday just to rest it. So okay, that's sounds, good. sounds like very, very. That's huge. News. That's huge. Um, because I, I, let me just say something here, Cody. Let me just let me just get on. Let me, let me get on a soapbox here. It. The Blazers are the worst, have the worst luck with injuries. The worst oh, luck. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Let's hear I mean, it. Let's, let's, hear it. I, you let's go around. About... Let's go around. I think we could go around maybe 10 total wanna... times each. <laughs> do, do you want to talk about it? There were three guys that wore Blazer uniforms. Three guys we played 62 games together, I believe, and they went 52 and 10. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. That player was LaMarcus Aldridge, Greg <laughs> hey. Oden, and Brandon Roy. Brandon we Roy. We Okay, hey, one gets hurt. Okay. One gets hurt. Okay. We can Brandon allow Roy's one to get knee. hurt, but two got hurt. Brandon Roy's knees said see ya. Greg Oden. <laughs> no, I'm not getting into this, but you know, you know, it's funny though. I'm not, I, I, will, I will actually say that's because it ties back to Dame. Brandon Roy and Oden getting hurt and blah blah blah. You know, changes the structure of the team. Somehow we end up with Gerald Wallace, and somehow the Nets give us the number six pick in the 2012 NBA draft. So you know, th- there's a reason for everything. But Blazers and injuries are just synonymous at this point. So hearing Dame and hearing that he avoided a major injury is massive for this team, and the schedule just happens to work out. So you know, maybe maybe it's it's, it's okay. With what I've seen so far from our team. There's no reason we should lose to the Rockets with or without Dame. Um, Agreed. And we're at home, so there, I don't think there's any way we should be, we should lose. I mean, this is, I'm this expecting is, to go five and one game. with Dame back going to Memphis or as when we play Memphis on Wednesday, which is a week away. We got only one game, or we'll have two games until yeah. next podcast. But hey, Cole, let me let me ask you this question. It was this is kind of pre Dame update you gave us, tying it back to Chauncey a little bit. We were we were talking about Terry, Terry Stotts and if he actually played in the NBA because I posed the question: Do you think Chauncey, being a ex player, is able to connect with current players more than say a Terry Stotts who didn't play in the NBA? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Is that you want to expound upon that, or you just want to give me the yes? I, I yes, mean, I, I think that anytime you 
are if you played for Terry Stotts for a while, there's no difference. I don't think Dame looks at Chauncey much different than he looks at Terry when it comes to like the respect levels. Obviously, Chauncey can connect to him a little more because he was also an all-star point guard. Now, right. for guys like Jeremy Grant or guys like Shane Sharp, in your first year with a new coach, whether that was coming in with Terry or coming in with Chauncey, you probably connect with Chauncey a little more because you know more about him. You know what he's all about more so than Terry. So to answer your question, yeah, like I think right. Chauncey is, yeah. Any final closing statements on Chauncey? We all gave him A's for his coaching job so far. I think that's very fair. Um, he's done a great job. Let's move into just kind of like as a whole, The do you think starting four and one has changed your expectations of the team? And then, because our expectation is probably a little different than the general expectation because we yeah. support our team. We believe in our team. We always want our team to overachieve. Like, do you think a four and one start? You think this is legit? Do you think this is not? Like, do you think the Blazers are still fighting for 40 wins? You know, like where do you see this team going forward? I think five or five games, it's not a lot, but it kind of is, I guess. Like you you can mm. it depends it depends which way you look at it. Cause I don't know, five five games is a lot, guys. It like it really is a lot, but you know. Like if I were to, I think there's an amazing chance at the moment that we are not a playing team, but a playoff team. Like, Interesting. Like I'm not gonna say like early. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna even say close to a lock at all. No way. But I'm. I'm just saying like, like there's a solid chance we will be, from what I've seen so far, that we will be a playoff team, not a playing team. And I feel like the majority of, you know, just NBA fans predicted the Blazers to be a plan team, a play in team, even us when, when we were saying we're going to be unbiased and give our honest prediction. A lot of us predicted that we would be a plan team, but after mm-hmm. a start like that against some pretty tough teams, but then again, we could, we could be like two and three. Okay. We couldn't, but like we've had some close games too. Yeah. So no, we, we have. Should've, we should like, we should have lost that Lakers game. If you're up eight, we arguably should have lost that Phoenix game. Yeah. So yeah. Saying we, we should, we could be two and three is not a, crazy statement i mean it's early i would say that my my expectations haven't changed at all like i still think currently we're a playing team like if i had to put money on it i would say we would be a playing team i said before the year that we would be the nine seed i think we a big deal we could be a seven or eight seed now yeah which is a big deal in terms but we're not getting into that but i will say that our wins i don't think what we're doing is fluky like there's the only thing that I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast, just like oh, a snippet Lowe's. of it. And like he was talking about it. This Blazer it's team isn't podcast. doing fluky things. Like the only thing that's out of the ordinary is we were shooting 41% from three prior to tonight. Like, Maybe nice. that'll drop down a tad to like 38. But he also said we're turning the ball over at an exponential rate for Damian Lillard led team. So yeah. you take those two and you put him back to the mean, you get a similar result. So I think we will play the same style of basketball. And I think we could still get a lot of wins this year. Like, but the West is so unbelievably deep. And so if I said at this point, Vegas had it at 39 and a half prior to the year, if I bumped that up to 43 and a half. That's like, if I, I would say we're going to win anywhere between 43 and 45 right now. And I think that could still be like an eight seed in the West. Yeah. 
That's fair. I mean, going back to your point, Cody, about it's only been five games and well, five games is not a lot, but five games is a lot because, you know, it tells you it's it's your it's your first impression. You can only make a first impression once and first impressions matter. But the counter argument to this is you is Utah is also four and one, but no one had yeah. that. No, that's not legit. <laughs> like, come on. But that's what my that's what people might be saying about us. I'm just saying it's very easy to justify a lot of different things through five games. So, you know, nothing's really set in. Like, for example, Miami came into the game, the eighth worst defense in the NBA. And they didn't they didn't play like it. They played like a top five defense tonight. Which they so, are, maybe. Which they could be by the end of the year. It's only been five games. So it is isn't. it's interesting. I, I let me run through a quick Western Conference standings break, like just rundown. Not like all records, but just like hypothetically teams that have looked better or looked worse and could hypothetically open the door for Portland. Uh, just brief thoughts on these teams. Obviously, Phoenix looks great. Yeah. Memphis looks great. New Orleans looks great. Memphis is um, so weird. Memphis, I want to stop on Memphis. They're they're such a weird team to me. They're so bad at defense, and just they 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 kind of look like us, like what we did in the bubble. Yeah, like they're just winning one thirty five, one thirty. Golden State looks fine. I'm not too worried about them. Um, the Lake, the not the Lakers. We'll talk about the Lakers. The Clippers look fine. Not really worried about them. The th- Three teams I'm a little worried for right now would be obviously the Lakers. I mean, they're shooting the ball at a historically poor clip. It's, it's absurd. It's actually crazy. I am a little concerned about Dallas. I don't think they've Christian Wood looks good, but this is really just a run it back team with probably a little less depth. No Brunson, no. No Brunson, but you have Wood. So it is, it is, it is interesting. And then I'm a little worried about Minnesota. Yeah. Um, and have you seen their schedule too? They, they started off with like it was. Jazz, Thunder, Thunder, Rockets, Jazz, uh, Pistons. Like they should, they should have started the year like eight now, with how their schedule starts and the fact yeah, that what three, are they three and two? They're, yeah. they're three and two. Cats just being a weirdo in the media <laughs> with this Papa. I don't understand. I, I in my rankings, preseason Western Conference rankings, I have Minnesota at nine, dude. I don't think they can coexist. Wow. I <laughs> think that yeah, once you get to the playoffs, they'll they'll be like a three seed and lose to a six seed. Interesting. Clippers. You think that you think Minnesota's a three seed? They like Rudy Gobert has been a top five defense every year, and they they're like a team. When you're a new team like that, you want to go out and prove it. And I think that like interesting, they're not going to coast at all in the regular season. Again, they're they're showing so far that they're not going to be that. But that was me preseason. Yeah. Well, just kind of interesting rundown there. I do think Portland has. The media on notice now. I think they have people on notice. Like, you know, this team might not be just playing fodder for the one seed. You know, may, you know, maybe they backdoor into a five or six seed if they just keep playing hard every night and stacking wins. You know, so it, it expectations have definitely risen a little bit, but I think they're fair expectations because you know, let's face it, we've looked good. We've looked good. I mean, Jeremy Grant's looked good. Let, let's touch on Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant's like the first. Two-way player in Portland since Batum, maybe. Yeah, seeing these players like Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, be able to get a rebound and push in transition and put the ball on the floor is just such a welcoming sight. Because you go from an Alfred Camino and Mo Harkless who clearly can't do anything offensively other than catch and shoot, 
And then you move to a guy like Rocco, Dude. who we traded two first round picks for, and we're like, save your Rocco, come save us. And he just proves to be a slightly miss. better version. Miss. Slightly better version than an Alfred Camino. Better defender, better shooter, but can't do anything other than that. Take like he's like he's that. good on D. He's a solid team defender. He's a solid yep. three point shooter, but he's not getting his own. No, yep. we would never see a wing go out and hit a game winning shot like Jeremy Grant did in the Dame era ever. Since <laughs> yeah, probably Nick Batum. So Harkless got one game winner, but anyway, yeah. But that um, was a catch and shoot three. True. I think. Um, actually, no. Go ahead. I don't want to mention that yet. Okay, but I, I was gonna I was gonna move to Josh Hart. Him in transition is like absurd to watch. He goes so fast. The fact that he has that touch off the glass every time, it's amazing. And he uh I I did I posted these stats the other day and I want to bring him back up. But uh Hart right now, this was going into the heat game. Hart av- was averaging 10.3 rebounds per game, which was second in the league for non-bigs. Mm. Uh, behind LeBron, and then Hart was also the only player other than Nikola Jokic to average a double double on fifty percent from the field and forty percent from three. Getting all these boards, and he's what six foot five. Yeah, and guys, here's the thing: Josh Hart, he's great, he's great. We have another one. We have Gary Payton. We have two Josh Harts. Yeah, so- I I do want to ask you guys, like, where do you see like who is where's Gary Payton going to get his minutes? That's basically my question. Um, honestly, I think. As this is what I've seen. I just like, I don't think he's going to take someone's minutes. I think everyone as collectively is just going to like go down two minutes. Mm-hmm. If, if anyone's going to take the biggest hit, it's probably going to be Shaden Sharp. I guess. I think at this point, you got to play Shaden. Like, when I say got to play, when I say got to play Shaden, he needs to get his double digit minutes every night, at least 10. Well, yeah. I mean, he's playing like, he played 15 tonight at least. He probably played more since it was a blowout, but, you know. Personally, I, w- I would rather see, like, Damon Ant not play 38 minutes. I don't, again, that I don't know how much you can take from them, but. Yeah. And I don't even know how much Gary Payton should be playing because it's not like when he was in Golden State, he was playing 30-plus minutes. Like, he would play, like, yeah, some nights. No, I think he's going to get, like, 20. Yeah. I think gonna get, well, it's just, it's going to be matchup dependent, obviously, but, I mean, he's just going to be so invaluable. Or sorry, so valuable because this dude actually can guard one through three easy, and can occasionally slide on to a four. You know, it's just like, like what's the point of other teams setting screens on the Blazers? Because anyone can guard you. It's like it's just it's beautiful. Other than like when, a game on the block. when does um, Gary Payton come back? Anyone know at the top of their head? I think no. Um, uh, I've seen examined in a couple of weeks. I think I, I wouldn't be. I, I, at least a couple more weeks. How about that? Probably, I, I don't know. Because from I what like I, I what what I know, he's fully healthy at this point. Like he's just, just getting conditioning. conditioning. Yeah, yeah. Fair Where enough. I'm confused is when's Trenton Watford going to come back? Because that was a and random. Does he injury. get minutes? I forgot about him. Did he? Fall he I think it's him and Eubanks just splitting minutes every once in a while. Sometimes it's Watford. Backup centers. Honestly, I don't want to talk about him that much because he's not that important to the team. Like let's be honest. But Drew Eubanks has been putting in some shifts. Yeah, I gotta give yeah. my congrats. Props to him. <laughs> congrats. Props to Drew Eubanks. Nice. That doesn't like mean we don't need a backup big, but yeah, he's been really good so far. For he just brings that energy. Like he does. He knows he's not the biggest. He knows he's not going to go in there and like actually. Just what he low key reminds me of, like a little less of a motor and 
but like kind of playing the same role. Ed Davis. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Ed, this this what this is what I, this is what I wanted to bring up the the difference between the Blazers team this year and Blazers teams of the past. Like, forget the starting lineup, forget just a better fit. We're bringing Justice Winslow, the number seven overall pick, Nasir Little, and I know Eubanks is whatever, but we actually have a decent bench now. Like on the top, Gary Payne the second. I'm throwing him in there instead of. Over the years, it was Jake Lehman. It was Nick Stauskas. I'm not even going to lie, though. Before these first four games, I would have compared that bench to the bench before. But they've definitely proved me wrong. Like, they, well, they're they surprising a lot of people. Little was starting for us last year. Now he's coming off the bench. Yeah. Nas, like, Nas I, I, let's touch on Nas a little bit real quick because he was ugly in the preseason. Um, but he's uh, he's definitely looked a lot better. He's still not what I would have expected like two months ago when I said he should have been the starter, but he's looked a lot better than in the preseason for sure. He's a little more confident, hitting the sentence, more shots. Yeah, that's another like reason I'll shout out Chauncey is choosing Hart to start of the three. Like that was a good call. Um, my expectations personally for Nas are probably not as high as others. I just don't really see it like long term, but I th- I think his role now is like he can really thrive. So, okay, sorry guys, I was looking up something because huge question mark going to the league was the defense the biggest thing wanted to change. Kind of the point of getting all these versatile bench players. Where do you think we rank right now in defense in, in defense in the NBA? And is team defense or defensive rating? Defensive rating. Okay, so points per game, points per game so far we have like let up per one hundred possessions. It's probably what it is. Um, is it like a? I'm going to go top 10. Well, we we were eighth until we just gave up one night. I'll go 10th. All right. We are 15th right now. So, well, I know we were top 10 prior to last this game. Yeah, I know. Well, um, again, five games, one game is going to change a lot when you let the heat drop. But five games is a lot of games, though, Cody. So, yeah. Okay. But I'm just saying (laughs) lots of, but that is what we wanted. Like, I think yeah. multiple times throughout the summer, I was like, if we're a top 15 defense, I know our offense is going to be great through Damon Simons and Jeremy Grant and all our offensive pieces. If we're a top 15 defense, that's good enough for me. So, yeah, I think and we've had a hard schedule and we've had a hard, like, I'd say we have had a hard, decently schedule. hard schedule. Speaking of schedule, hard. we're about to go on, what is this? Eight? Six game road trip, I think. Six game road trip. In, in a week. Wait, is that starting with the Grizzlies or is that no, after? the Grizzlies are at home. Yeah, we got Houston, then Memphis, and then we have six road games. We go Phoenix, Phoenix, Miami, oh. Charlotte, New Orleans, Dallas. That is going to be brutal. But if we can go. The only winnable game there, like off the Charlotte. Yeah, is Charlotte. But also, like, Phoenix back to back, like, that just screams one and one to me. I don't know yeah, why. No way you beat them twice. I mean, yes way. They're Phoenix. They're really good. <laughs> but. Um, no, no way. Wanna, we beat them twice. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we don't want to top. I do want to get into the schedule in a little bit, but the last, last point I'll make about you know the defensive rating, offensive rating, fifteenth. I I remember past two years, three seasons, two or three seasons at least. We were like the Blazers. Obviously, we're gonna have a great offense. We can just be like twentieth in defensive rating. We'd be a playoff team, and we're fifteenth and. It's the thing I'll say about this team is we have like an identity now. Like we're going to 
play hard on defense. We're gonna have, we're gonna switch. We're gonna make you earn it, and we're gonna get out and run. And this this transition game that we've been playing has obviously buoyed the offense a lot because, you know, on the surface, I mean, Hart's a reluctant shooter in the half court. You know, Grant. I'll give Grant. You know, obviously Nurk you know, has his struggles with finishing, but like having Hart just get out on the run and leading the break is giving us like fifteen to twenty points a game, like easy. And that's just key and stretches of an of an NBA game. So that's just a new dimension to the offense that I'm excited for because it's an easy way to get baskets. Yeah, I wonder. Like, they probably and have this number. They they probably have this number out there somewhere. But like, I wonder what we are ranked in like transition offense. You can probably look that up. But I'll my my up. question to you guys that I was just a question I wanted to ask prior to even this game is. Kind of, kind of two-parted, but the main portion is who? Because I asked it to the followers after the Lakers game, I think when, or no, maybe it was the Sun. It was the Suns game when I made that post-game uh, video. But who, who would you say is like your underrated MVP for this team right now? Uh, obviously, like Dame's not going to be that. But and, and I gave my answer I mean, after that game. Yeah, Hart was a huge answer for everybody. But I said Eubanks because the fact that he has been like serviceable and to the point where like a lot of these games he's actually been up like a plus is mind-boggling to me. So let me let me just throw this this stat in. Guess where the Blazers are in fast break points per game? Um, sixth, five. We are third. Oh dang! Sacramento leads the league. Do you have De'Aaron Fox? It makes sense. Milwaukee's number two. Portland's number three. The Lakers number four. The Lakers number four because they actually can't shoot in the half court, so they got to get out and get out and run. Got to go and run. I mean, these these stats are gonna flatten out once more variables. I think that's sustainable for us, though. I think. I mean, but it says we're a fourteen offense right now, which is cap, so that's a little surprising. But and it also says we are the second um, worst team for assists, which is, I mean, I know we we're Blazer fans, so we. You well, know, we think. Like well, watch... if you th- well think about it, if if we're getting if we're second and fast or third and fast break points, a lot of our points are just grab the rebound and someone takes it the whole way That's with true. no passing, which we'll take. Those are going to cor- correlate and overlap a little bit. But that does surprise me. Interesting to look at. But for my low key MVP, I'm going to say Jeremy Grant. I mean, I guess that's kind of a safe one, but he just checks all the boxes for me. I don't know. Defense yeah. is there rebounding's there the plus minus is there the efficiency's there so i'm gonna say jeremy grant and he's shown up every game he, he hasn't had like a bad performance yet so i'm gonna mm-hmm. say him yeah i'm taking josh hart the guy who can guard can grab 16 rebounds in a game but uh a bunch of a grant's a great option too let's just finally let's discuss the upcoming schedule it's an absolute doozy here coming up we have the Rockets who are in the Wimbenyama sweepstakes. So hopefully they're enticed to lose that game. Give us a give us a dub. If assuming we beat the Rockets, you know, nothing in the base guarantee. We're five and one. We got uh ESPN game against Memphis. We live streaming be, that game? Uh I'd love to. I, I think I it was all up to. Yeah. I think it was all on our top five games to get excited. It absolutely was. Because yeah. it's Memphis. And yeah. Memphis likes to bring that smoke. Yeah. Only two but games I, this next week. That's so weird, but it's such yeah, a blessing. Uh, that game sure, you gotta, you guys gotta give me a prediction. Are we going one and one or two and one or zero oh and two before next podcast? One, wait, one and one, two and one or zero oh and two? One and one, two and zero oh or zero <laughs> oh and two? Um, I think we beat the Rockets. Like, it gotta beat the Rockets. And 
Give me two and oh. Give me two and oh. Give me two and oh. Like that's a I home like game. It. That's national national TV. Dame's gonna be healthy coming back. I hope. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll say this. If Dame's healthy, I'll go two and oh. If not one and one. Um following that, we go at Suns at Suns, back to back in Phoenix. That, that's just a scheduling nightmare. Please, NBA, do better. That's terrible. I guess it's not bad. We have a couple of those the whole, the whole year, I think. Maybe okay. Well, yeah, they I did yeah, that. They Suns, did that for Suns, some reason. I don't know. Suns, Suns, Heat, Hornets, Pelicans, Mavericks, all on the road. How many games do the Blazers win there? I'm gonna go two and four. So if we're four and one, and I'm just gonna include these next two games, that's well, eight, we, we got eight we, more games until the end of the road trip. Yeah. I'll I would say, say if we have 10 wins, I'll be so happy. That would mean six. Oh, wait. Whoa. That's a lot of wins. That's four and two on the road trip. Give me a. I said eight and five. Yeah. Eight. If we could. So if we could win uh, four out of the next. Eight. Yeah, that's eight. Uh, assuming we beat Houston and Memphis, then we need to win two out of the four games. I'm saying we split with the Suns and beat the Hornets. Um at Miami will be they've looked really bad on their home floor, but they just showed what they can do. Pelic honestly, Dallas. I think we can beat Dallas. I think I'm not that high be, on Dallas. I mean, I think we can like at this point, I think we can beat any team, but it's again a road oh, trip is such oh. a different story. But like yeah. yeah. If before the season we play the Nuggets, like even going into the Nuggets game, I was thinking we're just gonna this lose just that a game. Hard, dude, I feel like every NBA team is good. Yeah, and we also have like a really hard schedule to start the year. If we had the Timberwolves schedule, ain't no easy. Because we, after Dallas, we get the Spurs, Nets, Jazz at home. That's a nice three solid. stretch. That's a, but, and yeah. then we got to go on the road to Bucks, Cavs, Knicks, Nets. That's tough. I mean, that's ebbs and flows. Our schedule is definitely lighter after the All Star break, which typically oh, again yeah. is when we Honestly, make our big run. Final prediction for the season at this point: I'm going 43 and 39. The seven seed. I'm just. I'm not going to change my prediction yet. I, I, I think we just more. play 500 basketball the rest, the rest of the way. I'm going six seed. Give me like 44 wins. Yeah, so, dude. If we got a top six seed, that'd be that'd well, be overachievement, but it'd be sick. We're the best team in the West right now, boys, and we have a hard schedule to start. I don't know. You're right. It's only, it's only like, a game. We've got. We had three really. We played three really good teams, and at this point, two really bad teams. Yeah. So. Look. In my opinion, the Kings are going to make the play-in over the Lakers. Quickly talking about the Lakers, they're zero four now. They just yeah, lost. I can't. I can't. I don't know how the Lakers are so bad, or I do, but <laughs> I don't know how you can mess up a team with LeBron so bad. But I can't talk about the Lakers right now. Um, yeah, Jabari Walker's shorts were on backwards tonight. If you don't know, Cody. <laughs> Thanks for that. If that matters to you, um, in the slightest. Yeah. My final question for you guys before we probably start maybe wrapping up. It's similar to the underrated MVP, but what has been just in general the most surprising thing to do this year about this team so far? And let's get like specific, something that you want to expect to get an answer. Like, I don't want to hear defense. If you want to say something specific about the defense, you can. But most surprising thing for you guys. Mm. Um, if I had to think off the top of my head while you guys are thinking, um, it would be the play of I'm gonna give two players the Justice Winslow and Drew Eubanks because Winslow was getting zero love in the offseason. I don't know if we said one thing about Winslow all offseason. 
it was all, ooh, Nas is going to make this jump. Shaden could be really good. Winslow was kind of just like, you're like, he could, he, <laughs> he could be a part of the rotation, but it's just Winslow. And he has been a very, very positive piece for this team. And then, like I said, on my underrated MVP, Drew Eubanks has exceeded expectations mightily, especially after his preseason performances. So, I'm going to say specifically Josh Hart on the transition, rebounding, and part of it is my fault because I'm not going to lie, I did not watch that many Blazer games when Josh Hart was on the team last year when we were tanking. Who did? Well, I still watch I still watch a handful of games, but you know, nothing engagement level like I am now. But he's over he's averaging over 10 boards as a six foot five guy. Like that is not something I expected. So I'm gonna say specifically Josh Hart rebound slash transition impact. Yeah. To answer. I'll take I'll go with um, the fact that we can that we can win close games without the ball in Dame's hands. Um, I think in the past it was Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard only, and on the occasion if CJ was on a scorcher like Game Seven in Denver, twenty nineteen, he defers. But we're two of our four wins, half of our wins were Dame defer. You can even say the Kings game. I mean, Jeremy Grant, Josh Hart, and one in the closing minutes. Um, I guess having th- three or four, I'll say three, three legit options to close a game is uh, my surprise. I guess it's more of a testament to Jeremy Grant, how he's looked so far. So that's what I would say. Also, just, just like the second one that I just thought of. I didn't expect Nurk to be this bad around the rim. Like I knew he's not a great finisher, but he he was four for twelve, dude. And they were like all in the restricted area. I could go four for twelve. Okay, may, maybe not over Jokic, but against you, I can go four for twelve against you at the gym. Yeah, he's. But I think that he's he's such obviously polarizing player. Like he's gonna piss you we off. Love him. So we hate times. him. We love him. We hate him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's more. It's less of a hate thing for me. It's more just like, what, like, what are you thinking? Like you're seven foot, just like, like you're seven dunk. foot. You're three hundred. You're seven foot, three hundred pounds. Stop trying to Euro step, Duncan Robinson. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Please use that big body. Use that big booty you got. Jeez. Yo. Um, Yo. It's so unfortunate that the Blazers lost last night because, or tonight, because it's so hard to stay like super upbeat if we were five and oh during this podcast oh my gosh it would be just like well if we were five and oh parties we'd be just all over the blazers and honestly our analysis would be so skewed or that's how portland okay 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 actually final thing if we if we no hold on if we were five and oh we'd be mapping out the the championship parade already (laughs) yeah which route are we going i'm I'm joking um the nba power rankings came out or the espn ones for prior to this past game and they had us at nine and they had had the jazz at five yeah the jazz at five what i get like what's early but if you're gonna say it's early you can't put the jazz there the media you're putting the jazz at number four maybe the jazz at five phoenix i think the jazz are the fifth best team in the nba i mean so far yeah yeah but if you're saying so far then put the blazers above the suns we did that is that is mind-blowing to be fair, Phoenix looked great against Golden State, but 
And we looked great against Phoenix. Yeah, yeah but does that mean we are looking, better than Golden State? Well, us looking great against Phoenix resulted in a two-point overtime win. Phoenix beat the defending champs by 20. Yeah, Clay Thompson got ejected. That's, yeah, yeah anyway. Uh, any other questions? Any other fun little oh, sh- thought oh, exercises? Shout out Dame. He did win Player of the Week for the Western Conference. So First another award for him. Oh, I have a very hot take that I was discussing with my friend today that I want to lay, lay it out here. You ready for this? Yeah. If the Blazers get home court advantage in the Western Conference, which means top four seed, mm-hmm. Damian Lillard will win MVP. Uh, Blazers get top four. If he's playing like because, look, now, look, then yes. The Blazers have to have to have some form yes, of teams. If he's yes. playing like he is now, then yes. I think Dame's 50, Thanks. 40, 90 at the moment. Am I mistaken? 40% from three? He was he was at least coming into the game. He was the only 50, 40, 90 player in the league. And then tonight he was six for 13, four for 11. So he's there. So Yeah, yeah so he's probably still yeah, 50, 40, 90. He is still 50, 40, 90. Very yes, I will say Dame yes, now. because right. if, if we're a top four seed. Well, he'll be a top three guy. I'll say that. It's so well, I will say winning. right now, the way it's looking right now, I mean, obviously things change very quickly, but I don't. this might be another year Portland doesn't get a second All-Star. Yeah, we won't. Like, we probably won't. Or we definitely I mean, but, but but what if at the All-Star break we're like the three seed and we're like, I don't, what is it, halfway through? Say it's 41 games. Say yeah, I think just no matter were, what. like They were 30, not 30 and 11. That's such cap. Say we're 25 and 16. Unless Simons is averaging like actually like twenty five, then no. Twenty five, dude. I'm they're, sorry. They're gonna There's... give it to like Desmond Bain. Over They'll give him. it to Chris Paul over him if Chris Paul is averaging fourteen and nine on a good leadership. Like, <laughs> on a good leadership. <laughs> yeah. Like the man has no rings, and he's played with how many teams? Now four. Oh, five. This isn't is Chris Paul slander. We will save that for uh my preview article when we play the Suns twice. Well, yeah. that's I think that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Um, we've been posting a lot, a lot more than I expected now that the Blazers are 4-0. So look out for pre- preview videos starting probably on Ooh. the Grizzlies game, maybe, West. Look yeah, out for those for the Grizzlies games. He'll give you, you know, the preview for the yeah, game. I'm going to put I'm gonna put the previews in video format. So a little bet, a little betting advice, too. Just I am 4-1 for the year. morning. Lost tonight. Um. And go follow our TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter for just more Blazer news, videos, whatever you want. Any content, we will bring it to you. And is that is anything you guys want to say before we wrap yeah, it up? I want a rapid fire question you quick. It's just, you yeah. just got to tell me. Favorite moment of the year so far? Go. You have five seconds. Pick. Dame's uh, Russell Westbrook pulling up. The, Dame, <laughs> Dame, Dame time. Dame time. Actually, Cody's reaction to Nurkic setting that screen on Pat Bev. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Nurk! I didn't see that yet. Wait, what was yours, Cody? What was your favorite moment? Dame step back three to lead by two. Honestly, honestly, mine's going to be the Josh Hart and one when he shouldn't have against the Kings, dude. I mean, dude, imagine we're 0 1. We'd be like, bro. That would have been a rough pot that night. Anyone got some rapid fire questions or, is, or are we done? Um, yeah, I can't think of one right now.
Sounds good. Hit or miss on the new red jerseys. Hit. I'll say hit, but it could be better. We'll take it. We'll we'll take it. True or false, Crypto.com is a terrible arena name. True. True. Yeah, it's quiet. Okay, that's going to do it. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, do all those things, and give us five stars if you're listening on Spotify. And uh, we'll see you in our next podcast. Peace.